Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Hey, it's the podcast guy. Something I talked on on podcast. It's the Southern Podcast. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Sutton United Talk Time on podcast. It's the Sutton Podcast. We are sponsored by Lucky Star Gin. I'm still remembering to do that. Um, I'm your host, Mike, and joining me in today's show, we've got a key figure in the background staff, our strength and conditioning coach, Sean Miles. Hello, Sean. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. All good. Excellent. <laughs> I'm sure you are. We're going we're gonna to have a little look at various different things in, into your journey and obviously, as you indicated, what, what's going on recently. Um, but thank you for your time. Uh, we, I mean, there's so many questions, so I'm going to try and make it a, a sensible flow. Um, first of all, apologies to anyone who is watching the video of this because I decided to moisturise my head a little while ago and it's now really shiny. Um, so <laughs> anyone who is listening to the audio, go dig out the YouTube video. Um, right, so tell us a little bit about yourself, about, about Sean, yep. pre-Sutton United, how you got into kind of... Um, coaching or well not coaching but the, the strength and conditioning and the, and the PT side uh so originally I, I left school at 16 and uh joined the army I spent seven years there as a ended up becoming a sort of physical training instructor there you know and then sort of the the novelty of just absolutely hammering people sort of wore off <laughs> um so then I got into the more scientific side ended up just doing the personal trainer um set up my own business and then from there sort of progressed it to strength conditioning where I have um 
I've got my own private gym still. Um, I've numerous sort of coaches that work for me, um, run some programs, junior programs, scholarship programs. So, uh, and then I help. Uh, I went to Welling in National League South around three years ago during COVID. I knew the manager there. Um, so he, I helped him out. Um, and then, yeah, I actually left Welling at the end of, I think it's 2022. Mm. And I got a call off a certain Mr. Matt Gray, and here we are. <laughs> so, um, yeah, you, you mentioned the, the junior the junior stuff. I, I follow that on Instagram, and I, I don't like your boy at all. I can barely run, and <laughs> he's running all over the place. I'm like, I don't like him. Never met him. <laughs> he's a very nice boy. But yeah. they keep me on my very... toes. Three boys <laughs> is enough to keep me going, to be fair. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Super, super fit. Um, I've actually done a load of running this week because I was like, no, I'm, I'm going to get back into it just in case he asked me. <laughs> I've done, I done 50k this week, um, but, and my knees are going. You shouldn't have done that. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned Matt giving you giving you a buzz. Um, so what did you know about Sutton United before? Are you are you, are you sort of localish? Or... Um, I'm actually I actually live in Ascot. Um, I'm originally from uh, North Wales. I'm actually from Wrexham. So uh, this year is a, a good year for me potentially. Um, I actually know Simon Walton, who used to play for Sutton. He's a very good friend of mine. Yeah. Um, I actually worked with him on one of the scholarship programs. We worked, we worked at uh, Eton School, Eton College. Um, so actually, I'd, I knew a fair amount of Sutton from him, to be honest with you. And then uh, I got the call because actually Junior Lewis, who's obviously the new coach come in now, he was at Welling with mm -hmm. me and he'd yeah. recommended me to Jason and Matt. So I didn't know much about them as individuals and as coaches. Um, I was just told get ready for a phone call, and that phone call led to a meeting probably two days later, and here I am. Excellent. And did he do the same to you? Were you kind of coming out of the meeting, going, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, I'll do it, I'll do it," and go, what, did I, what did I just agree to? I don't know what I yeah. signed up to. Yeah. Um, so that was at the start of last season or tail end, of the one before. Yeah. It? So basically, I think I met him literally the week after the end. I think uh, you had the Harrogate game. Uh, was that your mm -hmm. last game of the previous season? Yeah, I believe. it was. Yeah, and I think I'm. I think they looked at. I think they must have had a, a postseason meeting and looked at how they could in sort of what areas they were going to improve. And I think on his list was was ultimately sports science and strength mm -hmm. conditioning as just to just to sort of catch up with a sort of a League Two club, I believe. So yeah, he, he met me. I think it was pretty much the week after that. I met him and Jason, and we just got going straight from there. To be honest with you, and. We were still sort of one of the schools then, weren't we training? Or yeah, oh yeah, you were. I think I think you yeah. trained. Uh, well, I can't remember the school that you actually trained at now. I I can't remember. But I mean, the the big thing for me was he, he said, "Oh, we're training at Harland, and it won't be a problem." I live about twenty five minutes away, so I thought it won't be a problem for me. So um, yeah, it was. Uh, it sort of all worked. It was all tied in, and obviously, when you see that facility now, it's it's incredible, really. Yeah, I mean, it must have been a bit of a, I'm going to a League Two club and then you rock up at a little field somewhere going, hang on, this doesn't <laughs> seem right. Um, but um, what what were your kind of first impressions of us? I mean, we, we, we know we're a bit quirky on some things, but what were your first kind of impressions of, of Sun United? I think that uh, the first impressions, because I'm quite I'm, I'm, I'm quite a, a thinker in some regards, but it's so, I'm, I'm very light-hearted in, in other ways in terms of, I do like the jovial nature. When you've got Eastie as a captain, you ain't got time to be sitting. There's, there's not much seriousness yeah. going on there, to be honest with you, at certain times. Or Harry, for that matter. Um, 
but I think for the first thing is just how inclusive it is and how everyone actually feels mm -hmm. so as a, as a unit, as it were. Because when you're on your first away trip, I think I went to Doncaster and you've got the chairman, the directors, and you are literally, you know, you're just all part of it. And I think that is something that maybe players, staff as well, might not realise. That doesn't go on at every club. Mm. And I think that is that is what is probably, you know, I, maybe there's a handful of clubs probably in the, in the 92 teams, but I, I can't see many being like that because it is, it is unbelievable, actually. Yeah, it's... it's... One of the things that I certainly I, I've struggled with because when I'm reading about other clubs and what goes on, and I've had various different guests on telling me about the terrible turmoil at their club, I'm sitting there going, "That just wouldn't wouldn't happen. It just it just doesn't even comprehend the, how that would happen." Because um, the board, most of the board, as you mentioned, uh, started off standing on the edges of Gary yeah. Green Lane watching the football as well. So yeah. um, they they are literally us. Um, but you also you mentioned Harry there, where he's a bit of a joker, but. Hmm. Um, at some point last season, I can't remember which game it was, but he was there and I just happened to be going towards my little my little spot and there were some kids sort of shouting, oh, Harry, can we take a quick photo? And he was like, no, no, no. And then he turned and went, quick, 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 before Sean sees. I was, <laughs> I was cracking up, going, oh, my God. You know, <laughs> on that, that note, what's really interesting is I bring a fair few friends. I mean, my, my boys come and watch most home games, to be fair, but I try and bring my odd friend if they are not got football on or whatever. And the, and the one thing they say, which, again, comes back to that point is, the players just interacting, whether it's in the car park, whether it's in the... He goes, he goes, do the players come in this bar now? I said, mate, you haven't seen yeah. anything yet. Wait till you see the chief executive. And he, he, his head was oh, almost coming out. I can't believe it. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, I was like, this is what makes this club special. Yeah, I mean, there was uh, Aaron from one of the newspapers and he's been at Sutton United for a few times. He's a national newspaper. He's a sports editor or he might be the editor. And he was one of our first League Two games. He was like, I'm standing at a League Two club where the chairman is standing on a chair with a shiny, it was the chair, shiny gold jacket. Never change, never change Sutton United. I actually think so people, I, you know, if anyone mocked that, it's probably jealousy because their fans would, would, would literally die for that. I mean, yeah. I, he wouldn't. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it, is, it is amazing. I did see, um, I, I did send this on to AB Wimbledon doing their um, season ticket thing where a few of the players are ringing out and I'm like, why haven't what what would, <laughs> would we want to do that? And he'll be like, Yeah, okay, yeah, I've got to go now. <laughs> Leave me be. <laughs> yeah. Um, but so obviously, you, you mentioned the players. Um, how obviously, you've only been a year, um, but how have you seen the evolution of the, of the team and the, the training and everything in, in that year? How sort of pleased are you, and how much further do you think I there is to go? I think the important thing for me, and I think uh, for any backroom staff, I think whether it was an analyst or if you're a sports scientist, whatever it may be, is you want to make sure that, well, from my point of view, is that you feel that you're 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 giving value and you're actually really an integral part of the backroom staff. And to be honest with you, I, uh, Matt and Jason couldn't make me any more part of it. I mean, I mean, we sit down every day. The training is is obviously based around what Jason now junior and obviously Matt want. But it's it's pretty much the physicality part in terms of how they what they cover the type of session the intensity they've given full ownership to me and obviously I've got a great medical team there as well who sort of back that up as well so that that is really important for me is that you feel valued and and I could I'm actually probably overvalued in some ways that they that they give me so much ownership. It is again it comes back to Matt is a really good manager pretty much. In any field, I think if you put in managing people, mm. he he would he would excel. 
yeah. and he's always very quick to give credit. I mean, it's almost every interview he's he's mentioning different people in the backroom staff by name and your your name quite frequently. I did like, and I will come back to the the one where you had a difference of opinion. We need to, we need to talk about that. <laughs> Um, I don't but, say it too often to him. <laughs> no, hello. Um, but what what kind of is your? I know we're talking a little. Well, we're just a few days into pre-season. Um, but if you if you could go through a typical week, not pre-season week, what would your typical day or week be? Um, yeah, in, that that you would do. So let's just say we played on the Saturday and we've got a free week without a Tuesday game. The Monday is predominantly a recovery day, but a recovery day being those that have played a certain amount of minutes would only do a bit part of that session. So they do go out onto the pitch, they do get a feel of the ball and they flush their legs out that way. And then then they'll come in and they'll almost have sort of therapy, all the other stuff that goes with it, maybe a a light bike session or they'll work mostly with the medical team. Uh, The remaining players, so either the squad players who didn't travel or didn't play, Pardon me. All those that only played a few minutes will then finish that session off and then they're catching up their minutes of what would have happened on the Saturday, ultimately, in terms of intensity. Um, so that's where the sort of GPS science element does come in. And that's probably the biggest difference for, for Matt and Jason is that is knowing that my squad players are fit enough, you know, whether they've been playing or not, when they're called upon, they're ready. Tuesday is, is, the, is the heavy loading day. So... In the sports science world, you know, between sports scientists and sort of strength conditioners, that they'll argue amongst themselves about, you know, which is the best way. There's a million different ways you can get your team. Ultimately, our team need to train as they play tactically. So we play obviously a four-four-two, very aggressive, very uh, direct in some regards, but marauding forward forward back whatever it may be overlapping you look at our fullbacks it's it's ridiculous so they actually on a tuesday they work on massive areas in terms of dimensions and they they work extremely hard on a tuesday they like to call it terror tuesday i just call it a tuesday but that's <laughs> each to their own <laughs> and no mate no names mentioned there but sam hart does like to remind me of that every day um yeah, you, you mentioned about the marauding forward. I think steamrolling was one of the expressions that Matt used. Um, and I think it might come from you as well. <laughs> so um, how, how sort of important is that? I know he, he wants, he sort of says there's lots of things we can't control, but the fitness, we can be yeah. in the top the top percentile. Yeah. How, I mean, how important the, is that? We do get the data. You do get the tactical data. So, And again, it does depend on the type of formation. So I could sit here and say, I think we're the fittest team or wherever it may be. But different formations do do dictate how much physical work you do ultimately. If you keep the ball a lot, whatever, the, you might have 70% possession. They might not be They might be playing it around the back, etc. But from my point of view, there's, there's a few examples. If I just go back to last season where I look at Tramia, it's 2-2. I think it's the 90th minute and I've got a left back marauding like 60 yards sprinting. And I think we just missed that opportunity. I think that someone clears off the line. I, think, I can't even remember now, but that's the kind of stuff that gets me excited. <laughs> Maybe not everyone else, but, um, you know, Wimbledon at home. There's a fine example of a, of a game for me, which was the culmination of, for me personally, of the work that I've, that I've integrated with, along with the medical and all the other staff that had sort of arrived for me. The, the Wimbledon at home was just was just unbelievable, as well as others. Yeah. I, th- I think the Wimbledon fans remember that as well. <laughs> 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 um, so, 
what are the kind of challenges in in in, in the job? Um, you've mentioned Sam Hart moaning. I'm sure he's not the only one. But um, what what kind of challenges do you kind of um, face day to day, week to week? The challenges are, are, are all about injury. Is reducing the risk of injury. Now, this is where again, where I go back to, there's different ways that you can train. We train as we play. So then when you turn up on a Saturday, it's not a shock to the system. You know, if you don't train your hamstrings and certain muscle groups or whatever else we're trying to work during the week properly and efficiently, then when it comes to a Saturday, that's when it becomes a real issue. So there are a lot of clubs that will not train like we train. I know that for a fact. I work privately with a lot of players from higher leagues and I can I know that they don't train like that. Um, and again, there's different ways. But for Sutton United, this is the way. Um, and it's ever evolving based on player ages, you know, and all different mm-hmm. different factors, different injury records. But ultimately, that's probably the biggest challenge for me is just making sure that all the loads are there. You know what everyone's doing, keeping everyone fit, especially if you've got a good, you know, when you go on a good run and, and you keep to the same sort of lineup, you've got to make sure that you've got to keep them right. You know, at the end of every game, I'm running with the substitutes. It's not always easy. Mm, <laughs> um, no. Yeah, so I think I think to be honest with you, I think my I'm nearly forty now. I think my age actually helps me there in terms of the way I can communicate after the after the game when they're you know they are down, they do want to mm-hmm. play. So I think you just got to. That's probably a, a, one of the biggest challenges is keeping them motivated. Yeah, I mean, you, you mentioned the injuries. I was going to kind of touch on this a bit later, um, but <laughs> how obviously your first season last year, we had a ridiculous run of injuries yeah um now we obviously matt did a brilliant interview where he listed every single player and what the injury was yeah but prior to that how kind of stressed were you kind of going this isn't my training it's not what i'm doing (laughs) Um, because it's very easy yes i i did hear mutterings of what the hell are they doing on the training ground um are they tackling each other with tanks or what was going on Um, so so how difficult was that period for you? Obviously, we know it was all, all, all in game, especially when mm-hmm. that, as I say, listed them all out. Um, yeah. But Jerry, was it a bit stressful? I know I spoke to Catherine and I know it was stressful. Yeah, I think uh, I think my own sort of your self pride is there, and that you just you want to have the, a great injury record. Ultimately, not you just want to be successful. And I think it was stressful. I think Jason will probably tell you that I was, I was going. I promise you, this isn't this isn't because of the training. But he's going. No, we know, we know, Sean. Just relax. You know, and it's touch wood. I can't ever foresee that happening again because it's just it's it's we actually got the like the injury report that they put out. The EFL put a report on all clubs, and they've got all the data, and it's it's literally so obscure that season for Sutton United to be like that and then you go to the muscular side and we are literally one of the lowest and I know, and part of me wants to just scream that out but it, you know it is what it is and you just have to deal with it yeah I mean um, but yeah I spoke I, I spoke to Terry as well and he said this is the most bizarre thing I've ever had in my career of injuries all in the same positions and all the rest of them like, okay well if Terry's saying that then it must be true it's not just yeah. us saying it I think that, that that sort of leads on to that, um, the conversation of a disagreement, not a disagreement, but a difference of opinion. That That is actually what leads yeah. on to that because it, it it's, oh, well, we've got to be cautious. And I know other clubs who have terrible injuries would just stop training almost. And they just do light training, no contact. These are things that clubs would do, but that's it's not going to help you in the long run. And um, again, that comes back to the player buy-in. 
if, if you haven't got players that want to literally run through brick walls and that's what the manager has, has got you know done so well is his recruitment is that these players are willing to just do anything literally so yeah that is a big challenge yeah i, I will admit the very first time I, I i spoke to matt and i've said this to people before but kind of finished the call went into the living room with my missus went i'm ready to give him 20 minutes i don't know what i'm gonna do but i'm ready to go on the beach for him and, and do something um yeah. but how 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 was that and, and again matt's referred to it in interviews um, so we obviously all know that he's absolutely yeah, you're dead right. Um, but how sort of was that to go to to Matt and Jason, who aren't small, um, to say you, you guys are doing this wrong? It wasn't even a matter of doing it wrong. I think it was just that we have a conversation every morning. The training's already planned out. Everyone knows what the structure is. I think it was more about the intensity of the training, and I think we got to a point. I can't. I think it might have been uh, Northampton away. I think somewhere around about there, I think it was 2-2, where we played the second half and we were unbelievable in the second half. I think we were 2-0 down, got to 2-2. And then I think the realisation was there, no, this is that second half was more Sutton United. That is how we play. We absolutely just relentless, relentless, relentless. Mm. And then I said, well, if you want to play like that, we've got to go back to what you must have been doing previously, because I know you were like that in the previous season. Um, so... Yeah, that, that it was. It was as much as it's a difference of opinion. I think it was more about. I think this is where we should go. I, you know, believe in it, and I think we paid. You know, the rewards. It was. You have to give a significant amount of time, as in four, five, six weeks, to see that reward. But once that, yeah. once they've got them in their legs, it is. It's almost like doing another preseason again. Um, and away they went, and we obviously went on a fantastic run, which was uh, was good. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we go back to preseason in just a second, actually, but... Um... When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You might have already mentioned this, but what to you is your success? I know you, you mentioned seeing someone run 60 yards in the 92nd minute, um, but what, 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 what is success for Sean? Just availability of players, to be honest with you. Availability of players, that's, that's, that's not even, I don't know if that's a cliche or not, but that, that is actually the truth, is that maximum participation in training. If you look on the training pitch and you've got 20-odd players there, that is a success during the season, especially with the, the, the fixture congestion, Saturday, Tuesdays, the Cups, the EFL, all this kind of stuff. It's relentless. And I think if you can keep people playing, training and improving, that is that is the key. Is I think most people get through pre-season, they'll improve a little bit and then they go into that sort of plateau effect and they think that will get them through the season. My big thing is I want to improve them through the season. I want them continuing, whether it's in the gym or on the pitch. So success for me is, is yeah, is ultimately seen as. I mean, again, I try and tie it in with the tactical data. You know, how many overlaps mm -hmm. were done that game, and it is all there are a few variables. You know, how many sprints were done, how many runs in behind, all this kind of stuff. These these all tie in. Ultimately, my job is to make sure that the tactics can be completed in the best way possible. That's that's literally my role. Excellent. So we've mentioned the pre-season a couple of times. Um, so he's normally quite intense. I think our, my very first interaction with you was make them puke. Um, <laughs> so 
Um, what, what, I mean, someone asked, um, how brutal is it? Now, I think, again, you might have already covered this. I think that very much depends on, on the point of view of the person doing it. I'm sure you mm. and Craig sit there going, nah, it's fine. Um, but players might find it very difficult. Um, but how how much kind of work are they expected to do over the summer themselves? Are they expected to do anything? Um, and and how do you kind of go pre-season? I think every player is, is obviously different. They do get an individualised programme and by individual it, it would be like almost mobility and sort of injury prevention. So not nothing intense, no running or anything like that to start with. But they do have an individual programme. They go away either from myself or the medical team. They're given four weeks off. I don't want them doing anything because, again, it comes back to it's not just the muscle, musculoskeletal system. All this kind of stuff is their central nervous system needs a break. You know, mentally, they need a break. So I think they should just shut off completely. And what you'll see now, I mean, you look over social media and again, I have a business separately that is sort of predicated on this is the off season is now just everyone's training. So the players aren't taking any break. You look at how many players are just constant map, you know, they're in Dubai or wherever they go. Um, so they do have about four weeks off and then they get sort of a two week generic program and then a specific program dependent on, on the individual, to be honest with you. So they do come back in okay shape that they're very fit guys anyway. So when I say okay shape, I mean, they're still in good shape. Um, they are, they do have their sort of body fat tested before they leave on the last week. So they come back and they have to be the same. Yeah. I won't mention any names on this podcast, but we're all good. Uh, <laughs> still early on uh, and they've come back again they, they come back brilliant even last year when i arrived they were they were they were a fit bunch then in terms of sort of the nutrition side um so they do two weeks and then they come back but i think what people need to understand is that everything they would have done mostly is sort of linear it's all straight line so if they go for a run yes they're running forward all the time and they would but they wouldn't have kicked the ball so these are the things that you do need to integrate again so this week is integration and you know i think you you can see other clubs and they, they want to do the bleak test on day one and they want to show that they're crazy. And, uh, and we've heard stories of signings that have, you know, come to us in the last sort of 18 months and they tell me stuff. And I just think I, I, I'm not here to prove anything. I'm here to make people physically ready. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is, it is very different because um, I've, I've avoided playing football for many, many years because I'm very unfit and rubbish. And I've got into running the last couple of years and I thought, oh, I'll do that fans game. It'll be fine. I can run. I can run 5, 10k. I'll be all right. Yeah. Yeah. It was very different. It was yeah. just like, oh, we're not doing it at a constant speed. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly that is the down, point. But... That's, that's, that's such a good point is, is you're not stop starting. People don't realize how hard stop starting is at speed. And, you know, for mm -hmm. these, for footballers, regardless of Premier League, all the way through the leagues, probably through to the National League, is they are literally almost like Formula One cars. They're refined athletes. They're, 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 they need a little bit of integration because their knees and their ankles and their hips and their backs, they just, it's just, it's not good. For, in my opinion, that is. I just don't think it's good for them. So they integrated on Wednesday, light ball work, as in partner work, very short. And now they've steadily started increasing. They work today. Um... So they can have the weekend off now, so it's okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, but they go into sort of the way it works in our in in our way is that they'll do the first two weeks will be high volume, so you're just getting their legs working again in turn and their cardiovascular, so big dimensions, longer running, and by longer running I just mean the the, the sort of the the length or width of the pitch in terms of distances, and then as you go through the weeks you just start shortening it up and add contact. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's a very simple way of looking at it, but that's that's pretty much what it is. I think people like to complicate this industry, more my industry that I'm in, and it's it can be made simple. Yeah, um, but are people 
in any any job would like to make there's a bit of a mystery and oh um, yeah you, you can't yeah. you can't do without me um, yeah <laughs> I, I actually, simpler. You, no, that is actually I, I actually do think that is a, I mean again it's a sort of a different topic but I do think that is an issue with S&C coaches sports they have to almost justify their their existence being there I like to think that if I keep it simple I'll justify it that way <laughs> exactly exactly um right perfect so we've um wrapping up um we have got some questions to come to you mm. um so some of these are um possibly nothing to do with the football actually but um what's your favorite exercise to recommend and why oh yeah, well. to some free, some free help here <laughs> um i think from a if it was just a, a if we're just talking about the general population i think you've got to find something that you enjoy and i know this is a, again a, a very cliche thing but if you enjoy playing tennis play tennis you know i i look at mickey stevens he loves tennis you know, and he, he he just plays tennis all the time, but it keeps him fit and active, keeps him healthy. That's the main thing. I think if you're a gym goer, it's just making sure that you keep on top of your mobility because I think you're looking for longevity, you know, longer in life is you want to be able to move. And if you're a footballer, get sprinting. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not sure that quite fits me because I hate, hate running, but that's the only thing I can seem to do. So <laughs> I've tested. <laughs> Um, a similar vein. Um, if all of your equipment went missing tomorrow, yeah, and someone said they'll buy you one piece of equipment, what uh, what would that be? Uh, that's a good question. Um, I would say a kettlebell. Okay, <laughs> why is that? Because there is, you the, the it's literally endless of the exercises you can do, and you can work in every sort of plane of movement, whether it's forward or back, rotation, you know, overhead, press it, curl it, do what you want with it, throw it, you know. There's there's literally it's it's endless. I mean, they've been around for probably hundreds of years, I believe. So there's a reason why they're still going. I think there's one out there. It's a doorstop at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people use them for that. <laughs> um, so here's one. I mean, we're obviously in pre-season um, and we've had lots of new signings um, announced mm -hmm. and we, we've rearranged this because part of this question you've already got, told me you do part of the medicals. Um, but do you have any other input um, and obviously, if this is if this isn't something that goes on at other clubs, you can decline to answer it. But do you have anything? But do you have to say, well, such and such a player? Mm, I'm not. I'm not really sure he can he can do the running, or can you only really do that when you get hold of them? I think that they would. Um, the recruitment department obviously has Terry, John, and obviously all the coaching staff. They they would only come to me in some ways if they had a concern potentially over a previous re injury record. And again, mm -hmm. because when you're looking at players. Our style of training and the and the style of play does require someone that is robust enough to withstand a full season, and so that that can, that can be the case. I'm not massively involved because most players should be okay anyway. But um, that I have been asked previously, and then it would be a matter of okay, potentially either contacting them clubs if if they were to sign, or or if, obviously not if they didn't sign, and then just managing them up and progressing them through. And I like to think that we look after our players well that way so sometimes we might sign a player and they might not play for a few weeks and people go where is he 
Um, but yeah, you've got to just make sure that he's that they're they're ready and robust enough. Because again, the league is demanding in itself. Never mind, you know, sort of our style of play as well. Yeah, it, it, I mean, it used to be years gone by. I'm going to be t- showing everyone how old I am. But Liverpool, when they were winning everything, they used to sign players. They even signed John Barnes, Pierre Beardsley, went into their reserves for a few weeks. They didn't mm. appear in the first team straight away. They right. were in the reserves, learning how we you, we do things here. Yeah. Um, you don't really get that anymore because there isn't sort of reserve football anymore. Yeah, um, I think that's, that's an okay. important point because I think people need to just just, just realise that that's. It's it's just safer that way, and and ultimately they come back and they'll be ready to go, and that's that's what the, the supporters obviously want. Okay, um, last one from some of the playing staff. Oh no! How was your trip? How was your trip to Turkey? And was there any surgery? <laughs> you know, let me tell you. At what point this guy that that writes this in? He's got one. He's got too much time on his hands, <laughs> and two. I mean. I have to put up with this guy at seven o'clock every morning. So I'm usually the first one at the training ground. And that's, you know, just because I just live closer, probably. And this guy, you know, I try and have a, a nice, tranquil sort of 30 minutes to myself. And I have about 30 seconds before he comes in and ruins it. So Ben so... Goodlick should just look at his own dad and he should know that his time is coming. So he needs to relax. Right. I was like, I'm not sure I'm going to say that. And I'm I... I, I'm not going to put any names. <laughs> you go like, right, this guy. <laughs> I got to say, this. Guy, I mean, again, just lastly on it, I know we're, we're wrapping up there, but, you know, I know the fans already know there can't be enough said on on sort of Goody in terms of obviously his injury and the way, but you're talking about a serious professional that, is, you know, is, is everything that Sutton United would be proud to sort of have. It in, and I know they already know that, but when I see the work that that guy put in over a six-month period, and now, even more so. Uh, but he will lose yeah. his hair. He will lose his hair. He's a serial <laughs> defender, but he's going to lose his hair. I just want you to know that. <laughs> Maybe in the next few weeks, Ben, on an away trip, he's yeah. going to get the clippers out. Yeah, the amount, of, the amount of running he's going to do on Monday, he might lose it then. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it is easy to kind of um, almost dis- not dismiss. I've, I've said before, there was um, a few weeks ago, months ago, um, Joe came off with a hamstring. And I think he came off on the Tuesday and we were talking on the Wednesday and he was like, oh, yeah, yeah, he should be all right by the Sunday and I, by Saturday. And I suddenly just stopped and went, oh, my God, the guy couldn't walk. Yeah. And here we are quite happily going, oh, he'll be back, he'll be fine. I'm like, yeah. that would cripple me for months. Um, <laughs> and then obviously you've had John as well. Um, so it's really easy to kind of go, oh, well, they, they, then they're going to come back from this injury and it'll be blah, blah, blah. And it's without necessarily realising, no, this doesn't always happen. This is this is a serious thing. Yeah, I mean, John Barden, again, he's obviously currently in the gym all the time as, as he is. But I actually, you know, the day he returns and when he returns is a serious, a serious moment because I, I actually I speak to him away from the, uh, the training ground pretty much daily because I just, what a guy, what a character. And he is actually an inspiration. I mean, I do a lot of boxing with him in the gym because that's a way of getting his cardiovascular in at the minute. So we spend every Friday and he absolutely batters me. But um, and he absolutely, but he's, he's, he's so intense. I don't know who's getting the workout, me or him. But um, <laughs> he, he is unbelievable. Uh, a, a serious, serious character. Um, and we can't wait to, to see him back on the pitch. You'd have to get Ben in the ring with him. Oh, I'll, honestly, I might just put the I might just put the whole squad in with him. He's, he's too much. <laughs> 
Perfect. Um, well, I'll wrap it up and thank you so much for your time. Um, it's 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 really useful to hear these things. I love um, sort of the, what I call the peeking behind the amber curtain. Um, and I hope everyone else has enjoyed it as much as I have. Um, let me know any favourite moments. Um, do you have any questions for any, any future guests or any questions for Sean? I can always pass them on. Um, nothing about trips to Turkey. Um, <laughs> please do share, like and um subscribe to, to the channel thank you very much sean no problem thanks everyone for listening um this has been mike at sutton podcast um sponsored by lucky star gene i remember it again excellent <laughs> thanks a lot everyone bye bye Podcast Network.